Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, my beggars. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 209 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for joining us this week, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast. This episode is proudly sponsored by Alta. Now, Alta is a new brand dedicated to making mountain biking easier. The range of environmentally friendly clothing will help keep you looking good on and off the trails, and their iconic trail changing robe will keep you warm and dry while you change in and out of your biking gear. Alta is an Ireland-based brand, helping you change how you change for the trails, and with Alta, you're always ready for the elements. Check them out at ridealta.com or catch them on Instagram at ride.alta. Now in this week's episode, it was great to get Ellen Fluid on the show. Ellen has been racing bikes from around the age of 12 or 13. And since jumping on two wheels, she's never really looked back. And if you go to Roots and Rain, her results speak for themselves. You'll see how fast she is on two wheels. But she's 19 years old now and she has her sights set on bigger goals bigger podiums and bigger enduro challenges as she looks towards the EWS for the 2022 race season. We chat to Ellen about her background on bikes, racing, sponsorship and winning a £1,000 from the Dirt Fund project and I think she's probably the first person to be funded for the 2022 race season so that's very very exciting for her and of course we will be chatting about the EWS, about the Enduro World Series, everything that goes on there plus much much more. So without further ado let's get Ellen on the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi Ellen, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast, how are you this evening? I'm good thank you, how are you? Very good thanks and you know what, it's 18 degrees here today. <laughs> well good for you it's not that warm in scotland <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the only place i think that gets worse weather than northern ireland <laughs> yeah edinburgh is always rainy it's just every day <laughs> yeah it's crazy because I'm on, when i'm watching the weather charts i'm always like the weather sucks here today but it's not as bad as scotland <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty crap i won't lie <laughs> oh well but you wouldn't change it for the world right no good riding can't complain yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, thanks so much, Ellen, for coming on the podcast. It'll be awesome to chat to you and learn more about your racing career and everything else that you've got going on there. So thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, no, no problem. Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, cool. And we're going to chat about your background and we're going to chat about how you obviously got funded by the Dirt Fund project guys and um, everything around that and what you think of privateer racing and what your plans are and all this kind of good stuff. So it's it's going to be bikes, bikes, more bikes, if you're okay with that. Yeah, that's fine by me. me. <laughs> bikes, bikes, bikes. <laughs> uh, so let's chat a little bit about your background first, obviously. So you're from the south coast of Scotland, is that right? No, no, I'm not from Scotland. I'm actually from the south coast of England. Do you know where Portsmouth oh, okay. is? Yeah, all right, okay. Yeah, so there's not really much mountain biking there, but I grew up there and I moved up here um, September last year, I think. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, because I suppose Scotland doesn't really have a south coast. 
<laughs> no, I'm from the proper south coast. I can see the Isle of Wight from from the coast where I live, which is really far down, quite a big journey away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you get surf down there, do you? Uh, well, not really, because it's kind of a bit sheltered. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't think I'm a very talented surfer, so <laughs> I'm not missing out. <laughs> <laughs> so what took you to Scotland? Was it biking? Was it university? What What took you up that way? Well, my my mate told me about the base course, um, which is basically like a mountain biking school sort of thing. And I thought, yeah, that'd be great. And I wasn't really sure if I was going to do it, but then the pandemic happened and I was like, well, if I go to uni this year, I'm going to miss out on everything. <laughs> so um, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go to base. Then I moved up to Gala Shields, which is in the Scottish borders. And it was great. I had a really fun year. It was a good year. Wow. So this is your second year at uni now, is it? Well, no, because I just did a, I did one year on base and now I've just transferred to Edinburgh Uni and I'm doing engineering. So that's a definite a change of pace. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right. Right. So the base thing is, a, is it one year, is it? Uh, you can do two years or three yeah. years even, but I just did one and then I left. Right. Cool. Like, how did you find that experience as far as helping your mountain biking? Yeah, I def- it definitely helped a lot. It was really good to be in the valley. That was what I found helped the most because, like, where I come from, it's a half-hour drive to mountain bike anywhere, and <laughs> the trails aren't the best, to be fair. Like, they are really mm. fun, good for training on and practising, but it's nothing like the Tweed Valley, so it was really good just to be up there and be able to ride my bike whenever I wanted and have so many locations nearby to, to go to. So, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. I think I've chatted about the the BS, that base thing before on the podcast. Um, mm. I can't really remember who I was chatting to about it, but um, yeah, fill us in a little bit about that because it takes you through a lot of what's involved, doesn't it? Yeah, so basically it's run by Dirt School and you'll have like three three days a week of college and then two days of riding last year, so that was really good. So we learned loads of stuff like psychology, physiology, um, and on the bike, we got coaching from like some really, really good coaches. So that definitely helped my riding a lot. And it was good to kind of learn the science behind the sport because mm-hmm. I don't know, I think it really helped me. Yeah, totally. Now, some people say that when you kind of take your passion or your, your social, you know, your, your pastime, what you like to do for fun and you make it work, that it puts you off. Like, how did you find that when you were actually kind of almost like you know you were studying you were working in the mountain bike environment did it inspire you more to ride your bike yeah I would say it definitely inspired me more like because where I where I come from like I said there's not much riding so I was like feeling a bit (laughs) mountain bike starved and then when I came up here I was just got everything that wanted and it definitely didn't put me off I really enjoyed it um yeah yeah, it was good to (laughs) live and breathe mountain bike for a year when you moved up there to those more technical and you know just bigger trails like how did how did you feel when you first went out like how did you work on your confidence and stuff to ride that bigger that bigger stuff uh well I think at first I was quite I don't know I've always been good at technical stuff but I wasn't very fit (laughs) so it was a case of me just getting more fit to build my confidence up and I just it was so good to have such a variety of trails because I just you know was so encouraged to ride every day and I really enjoyed it and just getting out much more built my confidence up I think Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it's interesting you say about fitness there because I've just been so busy with one thing and another. I haven't been on the bike that much recently. Just haven't had the opportunity. And I went to one of the the trail centres here down south of Dublin called The Gap and it's big, like they have big stuff down there. And I was just so out, I just felt so out of shape. My, my <laughs> technique was off. The, the park just felt too big for me almost. Like, do you think fitness plays a major part in that? Oh, definitely, 100%. I mean, I know people think, people have lots of different opinions about what's more important, like the psychology or the fitness or like the skill. But I think fitness is a big part of it because if you're not fit, you can't keep the way you're riding up down for the whole trail and I, I rode the EWS the other day and I wasn't feeling as fit as usual because I had a bit of a cold and I just felt myself starting to <laughs> get really wobbly down the end of the trail so I think fitness helps so much and I think two years ago I was on like a training program and I honestly felt like such a beast on the bike so yeah I think I'm definitely going to get back to a proper structured training program mm. hopefully that will help my riding a little bit yeah yeah. Do you think it helps you mentally as well, the training side of things? Yeah, I think it definitely gives you a lot more confidence in your own ability because, I don't know, especially as someone that's had a lot of injuries as well, I think just having the confidence that you'll be able to take those impacts as well really helps you not to worry about it and enables you to ride faster. Yeah, yeah. Have you had a lot of injuries, have you? Yeah, I've, I've dislocated my shoulder twice and I had to have surgery on it. And oh, I also no. had a had a freak accident where I cut my fingers through to the, the bone. I had to get them sewn back together. So that was another couple of oh. off the bike. <laughs> was that, did you do that on the bike? No, that was actually, it. that was a podium accident. I love telling everyone about this. Oh no. <laughs> we were shaking up our champagne bottles and this girl's bottle smashed and cut through my tendons so that was that was quite rough <laughs> oh that is brutal <clears throat> yeah yeah that's not not an injury that many people get but it's a it's a cool scar so I've got that on I've got on my side yeah I bet you that stung with a sugary champagne going into your cuts and stuff to be honest I didn't really feel it until I looked down and I was like oh my gosh I could see the white of my bone I was like oh my god yeah sorry I, you might need to add like a <laughs> <laughs> yeah brilliant like what what age you made me asking now what age are you now i'm 19 you're 18 right mm-hmm. and you've been through the surgery thing already like yeah how does your parents feel about that <laughs> i think i've had three surgeries now i've been under anesthesia three times and i don't think they're very happy about it uh, I think my mum is probably better at dealing with it than my dad. She stays very calm and collective. My dad loses his head a little bit, <laughs> bless him. But um, yeah, my my parents always come to the races to support, apart from this last year, because obviously I'm so far away. So mm. it's really good to have their support there, even if they're a little bit nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and I know you started racing when you were like 12 years old or something. Yeah. So obviously you've had that support for quite a while. Um you know and I'm sure that's so so important to you and where you've got to now but it must be hard for parents like you're 19 years old you've already had a few surgeries you know does it put you off did your parents try to talk you out of racing or (laughs) I don't think so I mean I started mountain biking probably when I was 13 I did my first race as soon as I had my 13th birthday and they <clears throat> I've definitely been nervous about it I won't lie to you my dad's always like just be careful just be careful and I'm like oh all right but I don't think they would ever try to talk <laughs> me out of it because I love it so much and like 
if I didn't mountain bike, I'd probably be a bit of a lunatic and not very happy. So, yeah, they would never try to sort me out there, I don't think. <clears throat> yeah, cool, cool. Like, now that you're up in Scotland there, um, what's what's the scene like up there? How do you find the scene? Oh, it's amazing. There's so many good riders. Like, I've met such an amazing group of friends on my course. Like, um, And just all of the... <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. There's so many amazing people. And the, the atmosphere is really good as well. Like, I'd never really <clears throat> experienced it before because I had some great mountain biking friends at home, but... I was quite young when I was like doing downhill so like I think at that point the boys were scared of girls and it was just amazing to come up here and just have so many supportive people that wanted to go on big bike missions with me and stuff like that so honestly I really love it up here I don't think I'll ever be coming back to England really really <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yeah it's great yeah it's it is such a crazy scene up there and you know it's amazing how many people move to mountain bike areas just to be closer to forests and you hear about people buying houses as close to forests as they can where there's good trails and stuff you know you'll end up doing something like that probably yeah i i would honestly love to live in a forest one day i'd like to build my own house that's the dream <laughs> oh wow <laughs> cool just build a ramp down from your bedroom down onto the trails yeah i mean that would be incredible <laughs> i was <laughs> Brandon Seminox house and I'm like wow I mean not that I'd ever be able to ride anything like him but just have trails next to my house that would be great <laughs> yeah it'd be pretty sick now pretty amazing so let's chat about when you started racing because you you were very very young and you started in downhill was was there any girls downhill in then well actually to take you back even further than that I used to ride like road and track before that and okay. um what age were you then I think I must have been like 11. I was pretty oh. crap at it, to be honest. So I started doing a bit of XC and I just found out I was so much better at downhill than uphill and all the girls would overtake me on the uphill and then I'd get stuck behind them on the downhill. So I was like, right, I've had enough of this. Um, so then I started did a mini downhill race at Ford, Forrester Dean that is, and then I just never really looked back from there. I really love downhill. But yeah, there was pretty much no girls my age. I remember I did the Steel City downhill when, in 2015 and I had to do it. I had to go on the adult girls podium, but I was really happy because I got third. <laughs> but yeah, Steve well. Peake kissed me on the cheek and that was a great memory of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting when you're you're young like that. Like, who were you looking up to then? Did you follow social media and all that stuff then? Yeah, I really, I looked up to people like Tracy Mosey and Cecile Ravenel and people like that that were just like big dons. Um, I can't remember that the name of the girl. She was like really big into downhill, but she went to prison. She like used to wear a prana around her neck. I don't know if you know her name. Yes, she is my um, absolute hero. I I looked up to her so much. Oh, that's going to annoy me now. How much fun she had. <laughs> uh, yeah, her name. Yeah, she went to prison for drugs for yeah. smuggling drugs or something. Um, yeah, that probably doesn't look like a great idol to have, but she she just seemed like she was having a great time. I always really looked up to her. And I really yeah. looked up to like people like Manon Crafts and stuff like, like that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she's really turned her life around. She's really done good things now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think it was just a, just a stage in her life where things weren't great and, you know, uh, yeah. th those kind of things that you're offered a certain opportunity and it's your get out of jail free kind of thing and you yeah, know, you yeah. just go down you go down the wrong path basically and yeah um but yeah i'm going to be thinking trying to think of her name now <laughs> <laughs> she wants to google it 
Yeah, like, uh, yeah, she was she was pretty radical. Huh? She still rides, you know. Yeah, I've seen that. It must be quite hard to ride if you have a, like a curfew. But honestly, yeah. she was my, definitely my hero back in the day. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool. Um, when you were riding back then, like there wasn't many girls racing and stuff. Like, how did you initially get into the mountain bike thing? Is it something your parents done, or like what what initially interested you in it? Um, well, my dad comes from a family of sailors, and we met this group of people at the sailing club, and we then they started like a kids cycling club. So I got into it, it got into it with them, and like I said, I started doing a bit of mountain biking, but I didn't really find there was like a great club for it at that time. Maybe because I was so young, but yeah, I then my dad's always been a bit of an adventurer he's into his climbing and sailing and everything so we went on a lot of trips together to bike park wells and places like that and i just thought it was great and yeah i never looked back from there yeah cool and you know it's one thing to get interested in bikes and stuff and and enjoy the whole scene like but what got you into the racing side of things then um i can't really say i remember but i just think it's something most people do if they're really enjoy it they just want to see how they compare to other people and I like I said I did this mini downhill and I just had such fun there I thought it was great I love all the people like <laughs> cheering me on which sounds really vain but it was really fun just a great atmosphere and loads of people like me were there and I just thought yeah this is great and then mm. started doing bigger and bigger races and just really enjoyed myself yeah like when you were at school and doing sports at school and stuff like that did did you feel that there was something else that you just wanted to do something else because it amazes me how many you know child well I'm going to say children or kids or whatever but young guy young guys and girls come through school you know and you're only you can only do football or rugby or hockey or something like that and they get interested in mountain biking and none of their friends mountain bike but they still get into it into it like was there did you feel that at school like was there just something or did any of your schoolmates bike at that stage no, I think probably maybe because of where I'm from, like there's not many mountain biking places nearby. There wasn't really anyone into it, but I quite liked all the the like kind of mainstream sports as well. So I was on the on the football team, rugby team, basketball team, netball team, like all of them. So I quite enjoyed doing all of that as well. So it wasn't really a massive problem for me, but I was definitely a bit of a bit of a weirdo for doing mountain biking. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you stick mountain biking and none of the other stuff? Uh, probably because I was better at it <laughs> to right, be honest okay. like I'm not not groundbreaking at any of the other stuff not that I am in mountain biking sorry that sounded really bad but like I just I've enjoyed mountain biking much more and I could see it as a kind of like lifestyle thing rather than I don't know some people take football as a lifestyle but I think most of the people in mountain biking are really quite similar and they want to live their life in a bit of a different way I suppose I don't know maybe that sounds strange but yeah <laughs> no that sounds no that sounds so spot on um you know it, it's because i'm a big surfer i've surfed for 20 plus years and i see a lot of colorish between mountain biking and surfers yeah definitely as a lifestyle like, thing like. climbing as well i think probably falls into that category yeah 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 the a lot of them cross over a lot of mountain bikers climb and a lot of surfers mountain biking a lot of surfers climb and you know it's yeah it's interesting and we all want to live in vans and travel 
Yeah, I was honestly just talking to my flatmate about that earlier, saying how great it would be to get a van. But I just the insurance at the moment would be so crazy because I'm only 19. So, yeah, one day I'll get a nice van. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Just save up for it. Plan it, plan it and go for it. Yeah, I'll do my best. I would love yeah. to. <laughs> That's the best way for sure. Let's, uh, let's chat about some of your results because they're very good. <laughs> um, and I'm sure... When you look through them, you know, I'm looking at Roots and Rain right now, and all I can say is beside your name to the left, there's lots of gold cups, lots of silver cups, lots of bronze cups, but there's cups beside most of your entries there. Like, <laughs> like that's, cra- that's crazy. How does that make you feel? I mean, obviously, I'm really happy with my results, but I think I can't lie to you. I think a product of that is probably because of not having loads of other girls in my category so obviously I, I'm really happy with my results I can't complain at all but I think definitely if there was more girls involved I probably <laughs> wouldn't have done as well so yeah I, I am still really happy with how I've done though. Yeah for sure like you, you must be it's, it's pretty cool and you seem to um, have quite a lot you know you seem to be sponsored or in clubs or something like that like how did that all come about did you get sponsorship quite early on or well I think um the first time I ever get got sponsorship was after like Langolan Championships 2015 in downhill and I was sponsored by this little group called F Riders which was really good because it was just supporting girls and I think I made an edit with them and that was really really good and I really enjoyed that and then once I started to get a bit more into it um when I was doing some national racing and stuff, I got sponsored by Team Aston Hill, which was like a youth development club at the time. I think they're still around, but um, yeah, that was really good because we had monthly or something like that training sessions, which is mm-hmm. honestly so helpful with Firecrest mountain biking. That was honestly amazing. I think that helped me so much. Yeah. No, I think I think it's important to do stuff like that when you're young and you're getting into it. You need you need something like that behind you to just to help you out and and get your skills built to a level it kind of snowballs if you know what I mean one thing leads to another which leads to another and it makes you world class like at that stage I definitely agree with you because like at that that stage sorry for cutting you off but I didn't really see any other like girls or young people around me that I knew very well like doing it so going to that I had a friend called Megan who yeah she's really good at vmx now but um yeah sorry i'm going off track i think that just really helped me to have a sense of community because like stuff like football you've got kids clubs everywhere but for downhill Mm -hmm. not so much so i think that was really helpful for me just to get a sense of community and have some friends on the scene yeah i think it is it's super important and you know like you say not only to build skills and knowledge and stuff but to network and meet more people like yourself and, you know, have that community that when you go to a race event, you can hook up with these people that you know. And I think it just makes things so much easier when you're at these events. Yeah, definitely. Like, I remember the first downhill race I went to, like National, I barely didn't know anyone. And I was honestly terrified. And I think just having some people to go over and 
talk to really takes the pressure off a little bit and I had a bit of a reputation of being a little bit grumpy and stressed at <laughs> races but um <laughs> it was still good to have people to go and talk it out with because I think I was probably quite tense especially when I was 15 and was doing all these big tracks and I wasn't really <laughs> good enough yet to do them so I think that was yeah definitely really good to have people around me yeah yeah cool um when you went to those national races those kind of bigger stages did you did you enjoy that did you enjoy that scene I did really enjoy it I think (laughs) it sounds quite bad for me it was one of those things where I enjoy it before and I enjoy it after and I enjoy it on the Sunday night but maybe not on the Saturday (laughs) because I'd just be really really stressed about it um I don't know I think I took it quite seriously and I really wanted to do well and if I wasn't doing well I was like oh I might as well just give up (laughs) yeah yeah like I know when I was young I I would get so freaking frustrated Mm. you know what I mean and you'd be so angry with with yourself if you'd done something wrong and which was totally the wrong way to look at things but I had nobody kind of coaching me or nobody in my family that was into stuff like that back then but you know like, do you get that? Do you get super stressed with yourself or super super annoyed with yourself? Or can you work it out? Do you have people there to help you just work it out and just say, look, this wasn't your day. I'll go on to the next one. Like, how does that work with you? Well, I think I, when I was younger, well, I say younger, I was still quite young, like maybe three, two, three years ago, I used to get really stressed about it. And before then, I was always like super stressed, even for little tiny races. But like I probably wasn't very emotionally mature and I probably I'm still not now. But I think I've definitely worked through it a little bit and I just take it more for fun now rather than thinking it's the be be all and end all. So, Mm. yeah, I think I enjoy it a lot more now than I used to. Yeah. And, you know, it amazes me because you see these pro riders and, you know, they have a bad day or, you know, things just don't go the way. They get a puncture or they get a mechanical or something, you know, but when they're being interviewed afterwards, they're so chilled about it. They're just like, ah, it wasn't my day, you know, I'll come back next time and try my best. And, you know, or if they don't have a good result, they're like, well, I tried my best and that's all I can do. You know, and I'm thinking, really? You know, these people are super, super, super competitive. And they, you know, I'm just wondering, do they then go into their trailer and just freaking wreck the place? probably they're probably secret rages (laughs) (laughs) yeah just but you know then I was thinking look is that just a thing with these professionals you know they're they're trained physically they're trained mentally they have you know all these different coaches that help them through all these different scenarios is that just a part of that or is it just an act for the camera like you know what do you think I think if you put that much pressure on yourself the whole time it can't be good for you especially if you're doing downhill and you've only got seven races a year or six to prove yourself uh, to be fair if, if a puncture or a mechanical or a crash happens on that race you can't let that ruin ruin your whole year because mm-hmm. that's like one sixth of your <laughs> winnings or whatever or chances to prove yourself and if you base everything off that you're probably not going to be a very happy person so yeah I think you probably have to just decide to take the pressure off a little bit yeah when you decided just to have more fun and just ride for for the fun of it and the enjoyment of it did you find yourself better faster uh yeah I think I I think I am faster now than I was when I I mean I had to take a year off because of my shoulder operation and I think I was really good before that but I think I just I'm maybe faster and happier now because I can just relax a little bit and if something's not going my way in a race I don't let it ruin the whole race i just move Mm. on and get over it 
Yeah, yeah. Good way to think. Good way to think. So, do you still downhill, or is the enduro thing taking over? Um, I would actually like to do a couple of downhill races, but I haven't really had the chance. But yeah, I think after that big injury on my shoulder, I was kind of a bit like, I just took a step back to reevaluate, and I thought, mm. you know, it's a quite dangerous, and b I think the atmosphere at injury is a lot more friendly. And the fact that you're pedaling around a big circuit and you get to chat to everyone is much better for me just like psychologically because at the downhill races, even when I was like a youth girl and 15 or whatever, there'll be people on the top at rollers with their headphones on and I just found that quite intense and stressful. So I don't think I would make a big return to downhill, no, but I would like to do a race. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very different mindset, isn't it? The downhill to enduro. Definitely. Well, I don't think I'll be going back. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because some of the guys and girls I've had on the podcast that do downhill, you know, that's what they love about it. It's that one opportunity. You have the one ride. That's it. You know what I mean? No, I hate that. Especially like when I was younger, my dad was driving me to every race and we got driven seven hours to get to <laughs> some place in North Wales. And then I had one chance to do my race run, something happened, maybe my tyre blew off. And then it's like, well, I've just spent all this money getting up here and all this time and I've taken away my dad's weekend and now it's just all cooled off. So, yeah, I don't think that really suits me. I, I'd rather just have a bit more of a chilled one and have five or six runs to have, yeah, enjoy my bike. And you get so much more bike time as well. Like, mm-hmm. Especially, I don't know, some of the nationals, the uplift service probably didn't run very smoothly. And I get like five runs the whole weekend. And I just, I would rather cycle up myself and get 15, 20 runs. Mm-hmm. So, no brainer to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It certainly seems more social, um, definitely. And people seem to enjoy it a wee bit more than yeah. the downhill, you know, because everybody's got the, as you say, at the top of the hill, they've got the stone cold killer face on. <laughs> you know, getting psyched out. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, obviously not everybody's like that, but yeah, it mm-hmm. was it was quite intense at a young age, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so let's chat a little bit. You know, you're sponsored by Bird Cycle Works. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, their site's what Bird Dot Bike, I think it is. Yeah. Well, um, I have to tell you about that afterwards, but <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Can you say it online? No, can you say it now? Uh, no, I can't. I can't remember what the website is. I'm terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's Bird Dot Bike. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm glad Bird. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did that come about with you? How did that all happen? Um, God, I can't remember. I think what? Oh, it must have been the end of 2018, start of 2019. I was looking for a new bike because I had a Vitus Escarpe which was really old like two or three years old and I had loads of random parts on it that I'd taken off my dad's bike because mine was like breaking <laughs> um so there's like a bad HQ at Eversley down south and I took one of their bikes up for a demo day and um I absolutely loved it it just felt like a bike that I could properly attack on I felt really good and I just loved it so I asked them if I could get a deal or anything like that and they said yes so I'm very grateful to that and uh, yeah they happy support days. me a lot so I'm really happy <laughs> yeah and did you know the guys before that when you called in or no I didn't know no but they're wow. so friendly and helpful and like I love how much I'm sounding a bit like a bit of a broken record but I love how much you can personalize your bikes and stuff like that because you can get pretty much any parts you want so 
yeah, yeah. it's good good for someone that's a girl that rides a boy's bike because I can get well it's not a boy's bike it's unisex but I can get it personalized so that it properly fits me which is really great yeah yeah and did the guys there help you with all that kind of stuff and give you advice and yeah yeah so I got all of my parts like best to what would fit me and they helped me set on my suspension and everything like that so yeah I'm very very grateful happy days happy days no it's good like and you know it's sponsorship's hard like you know people think young young people just think it's so easy you know i'll go and race a couple of races and you know i'll get a bike and everything else and it's not as easy as that right like you need to you need to be really good and really dedicated and like do you find that do you find that type of thing hard to come by or is it something you've you've been trying to get more of i don't know i think one thing that's great about bird is they don't you know ask me to do loads of stuff mm-hmm. but I think when I was younger like the amount of posts and stuff that you had to do was quite stressful for me and I did it it wasn't like you went out I went out and rode my bike and I suddenly got sponsored but I it's definitely good to network that's something that helps a lot but I did when I was younger I found it a bit stressful to do all the posts and all of that stuff to like represent the brand which is obviously something you have to do but like I don't know it was quite overwhelming the amount yeah. I had to do for it yeah totally at least it's not as bad as being a formula one driver because yeah. <laughs> to be even picked as a formula one driver you have to bring like 200 million pounds worth of sponsorship with you <laughs> i did not know that <laughs> yeah crazy crazy now let's chat a little bit about the uh the dirt fund project because you've just been funded by those guys um how stoked were you to get the call saying that you'd just been funded Honestly, I was so happy. I was just finished practice at EWS. I looked at my phone. I was like at home, just got out of the shower. <laughs> and I looked at my phone. I just screamed and went around telling everyone. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> I was so, so happy. Like, honestly, that is such a big help. I'm honestly blown away. I'm really happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have, you, <laughs> have you spent that thousand pounds yet? <laughs> I've not touched it. I'm putting away for race entries. Really? <laughs> yeah, cool. I just I need some bike bits and stuff yeah. like that, but I I'm going to try my absolute hardest to save it because yeah, I need that money for next year to race. So if I spend all of it now, then I'm not racing. So <laughs> Yeah, and you're the second payout I think for the 2022 race season so really you shouldn't be spending it until 2022 (laughs) no (laughs) no don't worry it's kept safe in my savings account (laughs) cool like uh, as far as the dirt fund project goes like how did you hear about that um I think I might have seen an advertisement for it on Instagram or something like that or maybe one of my friends sent it to me but yeah I just saw it there and then I applied for it and I didn't get it and I just thought nothing of it until I got this message on my phone and I was like oh, oh <laughs> wow I've got it yeah yeah like how did you find the application process and all pretty straightforward yeah I can't remember exactly what I had to do maybe I had to write a little um like cv or something like that I mm-hmm. honestly can't remember because it it must have been ages ago but yeah I think it's on their website and it's quite easy yeah yeah it's cool um like what the guys are doing is amazing it's it's yeah. fantastic i've had well you know i said i would bring everybody that they they fund it kind of on the podcast if they want to come on and and chat about the experience because you know you know as as much as me but the guys just started it 
basically just to to help privateers like yourself just get a bit of funding because it's okay getting you know uh, a, a bit of money off a bike or some money off gear or help with race entries or something like that but actually getting a thousand pounds is very different because most people won't be sponsored and won't actually get cash like yeah. what kind of difference does that make to your race season do you think i mean i don't know if you know how much ews entries are but they're honestly quite a lot of money like one race 150 pounds maybe even more than that and then you've got all yeah. of like travel and getting out of there getting out there and then paying for your accommodation and food which like probably like two weeks of racing would be a thousand pounds so I never ever be able to do that otherwise like now that I'm a bit older I'm relying on my parents a lot less they'll probably disagree with me but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just it's more difficult now getting to races and especially being a student not really having any money I mean I do engineering and I honestly do not have the time to work a job as well (laughs) so I'll work over the summer and stuff like that but it is honestly an incredible help like I would never be able to get out and race otherwise so I'm I'm so grateful to them for their help yeah yeah it's really cool what they're doing and you know it kind of for me it's kind of highlighted how difficult it is to be a privateer racer you know um and obviously the guys that found at the dirt fund Daniel and the guys like they obviously knew that um but like, I know sponsors and all help a massive, you know, well, they help a massive amount, but like it is so expensive to race. Like even at a local level, it's quite expensive to race. You know, have you thought about what EWSs you want to do or what races you kind of want to do in 2022? Or have you planned that far ahead? Um, I've had a look at the calendar. I'd quite like to do some of the ones abroad once my like not abroad abroad as in out of Europe because that would be crazy but uh, I'd love to do some of the ones in Europe I think that would be great um probably try and do the national or something like that but yeah it's crazy expensive very very expensive yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I think there's a big gap between what pros get and what everybody else gets but obviously <laughs> you've got to be incredible to be a pro and they completely deserve it so I'm not complaining at all but yeah it is still very expensive <laughs> yeah like a lot of people i don't think will realize but you've got to kind of pick and choose what ews is you want to do because you couldn't go to all of them you just couldn't <laughs> afford it no i quite like to do i don't know where they are next year i've actually forgotten but i really like to do little wheel because i went on there and went there on holiday in like two years ago or something and i actually loved it so much and i saw that this year they had quite a lot of uplift which suits me perfect so <laughs> i quite like to do that if they have one there yeah yeah cool um no and you'll probably do better if it's somewhere you want to be and you want to be competing mm-hmm. there yeah the views are really good as well which we always <laughs> and there's pizza <laughs> classic um so you're doing mechanical engineering at university mm-hmm. um did you ever think to yourself even though you're still very young um but when you're a little younger did you ever think to yourself mountain biking was something you wanted to kind of try and follow as a career I would have loved to be a professional but to be honest I just never saw myself that I would, I would be good enough for that because there's so many amazing people that are properly dedicated and I I would love to be a pro but I think I, I always worry that I need something to fall back on if it doesn't work out so that's why I'm kind of doing engineering not that I don't enjoy it or anything but I just always want a, a backup plan before I dedicate my whole life to something that I didn't know would work out if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, yeah. 
no, it's it's, it's, it's the sensible thing to do for sure. Um, your engineering that you're doing is it anything related to bikes? Is it can it move you into bike geometry, bike, you know, anything like that? I mean, I think it could do. Obviously, I'm only in the first year, well, second year in Scotland, but um, yeah, I think it definitely could. There's lots of stuff about sustainable engineering which I find really interesting which I think will definitely come to the future of mountain biking. It will come to the future of everything. So, yeah, yeah. doing some fluid mechanics at the moment, which is, I mean, it <laughs> depends who you ask, but I think it's interesting, which definitely applies to, like, I don't know, how aero bikes are and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah I, it would be amazing to be a bike designer one day, but I think the sustainable, sustainable engineering is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, chatting about that, what – have you an opinion on the carbon bike frames and how kind of sustainable they are for the, and how bad they are for the environment and stuff like that? I mean, I don't know. It's a re- I don't think you'll get people to stop riding carbon bikes. That's the only thing. I don't think people would give that up. So <laughs> you can say what you want, do what you want, but I don't think people would give up carbon bikes unless you found a better alternative. So, yeah, here's to <laughs> trying to find a better alternative. Cause, yeah. Yeah, then... I mean, nothing's perfect. You can't. Mm. You need to not perfect, but you've got to have a hobby. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we we need to find some way to recycle the frames. I think. Yeah, yeah. Make them into pedals or something, or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the way forward. Um, it's such a big thing. I do see quite a lot about it at the minute. You know, um, about the sustainability of sports, especially something like mountain biking that's getting very popular and has done over COVID, you know, and lockdowns and stuff has yeah. just went absolutely nuts. Um, like, do you see up around there? Have you seen a lot more people on the trails and stuff? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I've seen so many more people out, especially in lockdown, the first lockdown when I was at home with my parents. Just like an absolute eruption of people out on the roads, road cycling absolutely crazy i mean i'm really grateful that so many more people are getting out but then you do also have the side of like more people using the trail and more people getting irritated and people using the trail so it's a bit of a double-headed sword but yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah totally no it's good for the industry i think um, yeah definitely yeah like we will see a percentage of the people fall out when everything hopefully goes back to normal at some stage but there'll still be a percentage of people stick at it, a big percentage, because it's one of those kind of things. Once you get into it, it's it's quite addictive. You know what I mean? You don't really give it up. I'm so happy more people are out riding bikes, to be honest. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen a lot more girls on the trails? I Actually, yeah, I have. Like, I've been really happy to see it. Maybe it's just because I'm up in Scotland and there's better trails here, but I've seen so many more girls riding bikes. And, like, on Instagram as well, I follow loads of really good like girl jump bikers and stuff like that it's just really good Mm -hmm. to see makes me very happy and inspired yeah for sure like i know when i visited the gap there uh, a few weekends ago the number of kids out there uh, blew me away lots of kids and i'll tell you what they freaking rip i know it's scary isn't it (laughs) yeah like are you seeing a lot of young rippers there yeah, it's great to see fast kids. It's always a bit sad when they're faster than you. But <laughs> yeah, there's so many kids out on the trails. It's great. I think a lot of parents are taking their kids out. It's something to do to keep them occupied during lockdown, which is amazing. Yeah. 
And, you know, we need those young kids. The, the sport needs those young kids coming up. And, you know, because only a certain percentage of them, a small percentage of them will probably stick at it. And, you know, but mm. the sport needs it. It needs it. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm, I'm really happy to see more kids coming out. It's, yeah. really- <laughs> it's class. Uh, let's chat a wee bit about training because we touched on it briefly there. But do you do any kind of specific training? I do do specific training. I used to be on uh, Strength Factory program. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, that was, yep. Yeah, that was really good. I loved doing that. And I think I would probably maybe use a bit of the dirt fund money to get back on it because that helped me so much. Uh, I'm not following a specific training program at the moment, but I'm definitely going to get back on it. I think at the moment I'm just trying to find my work-life balance having just started university and it's like do I want to train or have a social life or do work and I can only pick two so <laughs> yeah when I find the balance I will be back at training yeah like when you were doing that how did you find it helped you the most sorry <laughs> the, the training like how did you find it helped you oh. the most you know on the bike and stuff I think just having better upper body strength I could like handle the trail so much better I think it was just, I don't know, I felt really confident and I just felt like I could take anything on. And I didn't really get tired either. It was so good. I just felt like such a beast. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I've always tried to say that to some of my mates, you know, if you're fit, you enjoy the bike ride a lot more because it's less of a workout and more of, of just a social enjoyment, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And it's good because I pretty much mainly ride with boys. It's good to be able to keep up with them without feeling too left behind or like you're holding them back or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah. it's really, really good to be fit and it makes you enjoy it so much more. Yeah, totally. Like, I know we're kind of at the end of the race seasons now and stuff, um, but obviously you'll ramp your training up a little bit, will you, before race season starts? Like how, how soon will you start to do that or is it something you just do all the time? Well, I think I'm gonna start. <laughs> I'm gonna start next week. That's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's mainly like base fitness in this season, and then I'll work a bit more on like the power and gym stuff after that. But I need to make up build up a good base first before I can get into the more intense things. But yeah, I'm definitely gonna wrap up my training for proper race season just to make sure I'm ready to attack. I, I really want to take it a bit more seriously this next year, considering I've got this funding and everything. So, yeah, I'm going to properly put my all in. Yeah, cool, cool. Like, do you enjoy do you enjoy this the, the gym side of things or would you prefer to kind of do your training on the bike type thing? Strange, I actually quite enjoy the gym. I mean, <laughs> I didn't think that I would be a bit of a gym bunny, but I actually am. <laughs> Obviously, I, I love going out on the bike, but especially in winter when the weather's really crap, I would rather just go and sit on a what bike or do weights, which probably yeah. sounds a bit bad. But yeah, the weather is quite atrocious sometimes, so it is good to just get in the gym. I actually yeah. quite enjoy it, and like seeing seeing all the gains and stuff. It's a bit more measurable than just going out on a bike ride. Yeah, yeah, I know. And when you have sixty or seventy mile an hour side ones, it's not that. Not that no, great. It's not very pleasant. <laughs> coolness um have you uh, have you ever read abroad or done anything like that have you any mtb holidays abroad yeah i've been i've been away quite a few times i mean i don't really go away on normal holidays with my family they always have to be adventure ones so <laughs> um i've been to i've been to spain actually to near granada and done quite a lot of riding there 
that was really really fun um met my good friend out there who I lived with last year um yeah that is incredible riding very long very rocky and mm. I have also been to finale which is riding the trophy of nations mm-hmm. yeah really and I love riding abroad it's just so different and when you get to the bottom you can have a nice ice cream <laughs> yeah yeah and nice warm temperatures too yeah you don't get really muddy all the time yeah classic classic have you been to any of the big trail parks you know over there with the uplifts the the kind of ski centers and stuff like that like Morzine or anything yeah i have been to Morzine, but i didn't really know where i was going i went to super Morzine and I, it was very blown out i can't say i loved it that much right wow yeah, yeah the, I like I quite like doing the big jumps. Yeah, but, you enter jumps too, yeah. Oh I wouldn't say I like doing gap jumps, but I like doing big tables. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I find it really fun. I enjoy it. And I wish I got more opportunity to do it, but there's not actually many jumps in Scotland. So yeah, yeah. I love to do it when I can. Yeah, like Morzine seems to be the the gold, you know, almost the capital of Europe for mountain biking now. Yeah. You know, it seems to be massive. I've snowboarded there, I've never I've never had the bike there. Oh, yeah, I think for me, I, I did really like it, but I prefer to go places where there are hardly any people. So I'm not like waiting in a queue and I really like just being completely out in the sticks. So I yeah. prefer to go somewhere like Litwia or somewhere like that. Yeah. Or I went to San Juan's, I think that's how you pronounce it. And that was amazing. It was so steep and like gnarly. It was great. I loved it there. Crazy. Does your dad and all do stuff like that with you? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I went on that holiday with him to the Alps, and he loved it. Went <laughs> with my dad and a few of his friends, and he loved it. Coolness. Yeah. He's not. He's a. He wants. I think he secretly wants an e-bike, but yeah, <laughs> he's actually really good. <laughs> but he doesn't get out very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So, before I let you go, let's chat a little bit about girls and mountain biking because you're only 19 years old. And I'm sure there's some young girls coming up listening to this and want to know more. Like, what do you think is the best advice for a young girl wanting to get into mountain biking or wanting to get into the race kind of scene? What what advice would you give them? Um, I'd probably say just go for it because I think there's more representation now than there was, but you might not see many other girls around you, but that doesn't mean that you should stop and just get out and give it a go. Don't, don't bother about getting muddy and sweaty because it's really fun and yeah I don't know just go for it yeah and like if you have no girlfriends to ride with would you would you advise that they just go and you know hook up with uh, some guys that go out and uh, you know go riding with them and yeah well I, I mean I ride, rode with my dad quite a lot when I was little so that was really fun but if you don't have that I'm sure there would be kids groups or people that you meet at a bike park or something like that that would absolutely love to go riding so yeah it is really fun and the people make it even better yeah totally are you a member of a club or anything there or oh uh, yeah i think i'm part of the university cycling club i haven't been out with them yet but i will do <laughs> definitely will do soon yeah cool and i suppose that's a big part of kind of networking and getting to know more people and you know as being part of a bike club yeah no it's definitely helpful I think it's good to have have people to go out with and also like just getting connections so that you can go out and ride with people and you get to know people and even that like connections can definitely lead to sponsorship I reckon that's the main part of it so yeah get join a club yeah good advice good advice now goals for 2022 do you have any have you wrote them down in ink yet well I haven't necessarily written them down but I was <laughs> 
I'd like to properly take it seriously, to be honest. Um, I, I wouldn't say I've properly, properly focused on it before because I've always been a bit of a nerd. So I've always been quite focused on my studies, but I would, not that I'm not going to focus on my studies this year, but I would like to properly give it a go and try and fit everything in and mm-hmm. just try my hardest, see how it goes. I'd like to race in EWS and hopefully do okay in the National Series. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, like, have you thought to yourself, you know, I want to be in the top 10, I want to be in the top 20, I want, have you thought of anything like that? Um, I don't know. I mean, that would be amazing. We'll see how it goes because, I, like I said, I've never properly, properly done a proper training block block so mm-hmm. if if that happened I'll see where I end up but I'm not necessarily saying that I would be in the top 20 at all because I, I don't think that's realistic for a one-year goal term but it, obviously yeah. I'll try as hard as I can and see where I come and then build off that for the next year yeah happy days that sounds like a, that sounds like a good way to approach it for sure now Ellen how can people find out what you're doing find what you're up to where, where can they best get in contact with you um, I pretty much only use Instagram, so uh, you can find me. I'm Ellen underscore Fluit. That's F L E W I T T. And yeah, you can find me there. Keep up to date with what I'm doing, racing cool. stuff. Brilliant, good stuff. Well, listen, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been awesome to spend an hour with you and have a chat. And uh, yeah, you seem to be enjoying what you're doing, and it's you know half the battle, really. Yeah, it was great to speak to you. <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks so much. And here, good luck for the 2022 race season. I hope you get to the races you want and everything goes smooth. So look after that shoulder, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Thank you. I'll do my best. (laughs) That's a wrap for episode 209, folks. I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you enjoyed listening to Ellen's story. The young lady is fast on two wheels, and I'm sure we'll be hearing lots more from her in the near future. Now, Ellen, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It was awesome to chat to you. And I hope your 2022 race season goes very, very well for you and you get to all those EWSs you are dreaming of doing and everything goes well on the trails. Good luck. Now, if you want to know more about Ellen or what we chatted about on the podcast, you can go to the show notes. You'll find them on our website, mtv-try.com, where you can get a little bit more info, get links to Ellen's socials, and all good stuff like that. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show your support, the best way of doing that is simply by subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. Your ratings helps boost us on the algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people. We also have a website you can check out, mtv-tribe.com, where you can find the complete back catalogue, listen, and download every show from there for free. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the podcast. If you want to get involved in socials, you'll find us at MTV Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to get in contact with the podcast or with me directly, you will best get me on email, info at mtv-tribe.com. Don't forget to show our sponsors some love. You will find them online at ridealta.com or on socials at ride.alta. The guys are producing amazing trail changing robes to help you get changed before and after your ride to keep you warm, cosy, dry, away from the elements and make your ride a more enjoyable experience. The guys are planning to do lots more in the near future 
different products, different things to help you guys, you and me and everybody get out in the trails more comfortably, get home more comfortably and just be more encouraged and motivated to get out on the trails over the winter. So please go check them out and show your support. Well, that's it for this week, folks. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. So until next time, as always, get the bikes out, hit the trails and stay MTB stoked.